The valley is agriculture. The valley is manufacturing. The valley is technology. The valley is community. You're watching the Valley Podcast presented by the Tuscaroras County Economic Development Corporation. This is the second episode of the Valley Podcast. And today I have John Kelly and our executive director, Marla Ackridge. It's acreage, like the land. Okay, there you go. So I'm in the occupation that works with land, so that's why I have the last name of acreage. That makes sense. Perfect. So today we're going to get into who we are as an organization and just explain to the community sort of where we come from and what we do. So the first question, what is the TCEDC? Uh, We're an economic development organization, which is pretty simply defined as an organization dedicated to the economic development of a region. A brief history of the TCEDC. So our our first EDO in the community was the CIC, uh, and that dates back to the 30s, but I think was established in the 60s, right, John? Discussions about the need for it started in the 30s, but it 30s, but it was established, I believe, in 1963 here in Tuscarawas County. So it's been That's a while. That's the year I was born. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So then in 2001, the Port Authority, which is now known as the Economic Development and Finance Alliance, was established. And then the Business Factory was established circa 2003. The Transportation Improvement District came in 2019 as well as our organization, the Tuscarawas County Economic Development Corporation. And Marla uh, is hired as executive director in January 2022, so at the beginning of this year. This is a, a breakdown of these organizations and how they fit under our umbrella here at the TCEDC. Why do we have so many EDOs in the county and why was it important to bring the EDC in to manage these things. Marla, you want to comment on that? Or? Sure, I'll start. And John, you can jump in. Right. So in the, the leadership here felt like there needed to be one umbrella organization that would kind of run the one-stop shop kind of concept. And, there, and the TCEDC is a 501c3, which is a different, is a nonprofit, which allows you to get your hands on grant funds that a public subdivision or public entity like the EDFA, the Economic Development Finance Authority, which is really our port authority. Um, and that is, you know, where we own land, we own the Reeds Mill facilities, we own 1075 Warehouse, um, is, is drastically different than a 501c3. So, and the Transportation Improvement District organization is really just a committee that assists um, us and the communities to figure out the transportation needs, um, not just for automobiles, but also for, you know, rail. I'm looking right now at a rail opportunity down in Newcomerstown, and we're trying to put some things together. So back to the slide, um, which really explains things really well. Um, The EDFA, which is the Economic Development Finance Alliance, 
is has, as you can see for the next bracket, it has the Reeves Mill Business Park where Deflecto and Extreme Trailer are. And it also has the East Central Ohio Building Authority. And that staff is under our organization, ultimately, the Tuscarawas County Economic Development Corporation, but they're under EDFA. Um, too. And and they go out and do the your inspections, which is very critical to a community. I think the unsung great story about ECOBA and, and I, and there's no apology here, people. We yeah. use way too many acronyms and <laughs> we'll just confuse you all the time. Yeah. But East Central Ohio Building Authority, ECOBA, our short version of it, um, they turn around building permits in less than two days. And in my career in several different locations, it would take two weeks, four weeks, sometimes maybe almost two months. Well, and, and, and let and me Mark, jump yeah. in. We were just we were just in a meeting, mm -hmm. you know, where we were talking about, you know developing a site and the number of things that goes into that. It, I don't think people realize how much goes in to making a cornfield, a factory, right. And to have ECOBA a, a part of that process and with their expertise, it's a big benefit to us, not only from an expertise standpoint, but from a turnaround standpoint, yeah. Like, it's kind of a competitive edge if we can say, you know, our guys can turn turnover plans a lot quicker than other communities. So it's yeah. a serious competitive edge and it differentiates us from other communities out there in Ohio and in the United States. Because and we saw that consultant the other day, the three of us go two days. I mean, you saw yeah, his nonverbal. Right, right. Exactly. Like, are you kidding me? You know, right. you know, how are you doing this in two days? Right. And, yeah. and, and time they, is of the essence, right? Time is of the essence. These things matter to important people. So John. Yeah. ECOBA covers Tuscarawas County and Holmes County. And if it weren't for ECOBA being here local, um, all the commercial development, the, the site permitting or the building permits, would have to go through Columbus, which can take a lot longer. And uh, and here we have local inspectors and local, you know, people reviewing the blueprints so that uh, they can answer questions much quicker and get it all done, get a better yeah. turnaround. Big benefit to the community. And, and as Marla said, the unsung heroes, right? There may not always be the most popular folks in town, but they are <laughs> a huge benefit uh, to have around. The Tuscarawas County Community Improvement Corporation, or CIC, it's commonly known. They've been around. I think Ohio first allowed them, created them legally in the 50s. The The local one was created here in the early 60s, and they had a huge impact on our economy. A lot of the manufacturers that we see well-established in Tuscarawas County, um, our bigger companies, were brought in with the help of the CIC. With the CIC and the Port Authority, um, it's interesting. You know, everything a CIC can do to help ec in economic development, a Port Authority can also do. But the Port Authority is also, the state of Ohio gave them many more other capabilities. Part of the reason we came through the pandemic and the, and the, the recession there was because we have such a diverse manufacturing base. And a lot of that was due to the, the Community Improvement Corporation over the years. It's a rich history. That organization has a, a rich history. And yeah. the, the EDFA, um, you know, being a, a political subdivision, 
there are tax benefits, you know, there's all kinds of kind of like little reasons why having a port authority locally is be- a benefit to economic development. So. I, I want to add too that um, Tuscarawas County is a unique um, county because we have a diversified economy. We don't have all of our economy coming in from just manufacturing. We have a strong tourism base. We have an educational system, K-12 higher ed, that brings in some funds. We have a phenomenal hospital here, two hospitals. Um, And a lot of communities that are in a rural market, you'll find your funding in just one area, like tourism. So to to John's point earlier that, you know, we kind of, Tuscarawas County weathered the storm through the pandemic. And I predict that it will weather the storm if we go into a recession again. Um, The indicators are are showing that we might and we're close. Yeah. Um, But, you know, we'll weather that because of our diversified economy. And we should be proud of that because a lot of rural, smaller communities and are a college town or they're a tourism community. And when a crisis occurs or pandemic or recession, you know, you lose your tax base. We don't have that here. An observation I had once driving through Ohio, you know, Ohio has just as a state, we have a very diversified economy. We have a lot of farming. We have a lot of manufacturing. Uh, There's great spots. uh, If you if you want to go visit them, they're beautiful uh, resorts. I mean, it's just a well-rounded state. And I had the the thought that, you know, Tuscarawas County is very much like a miniature version of the state at large, like, you know, because it has all those ingredients too. And, and to what Marla's saying, not every county has that. So it's a unique place. Sorry, John, you brought farming and I left that off because the tax base of our farming economy is huge. We have about 1,100 farms in this county. We'll move on, and we're going to get to know Marla a little better. What year and where did you graduate? Say what year, JC. (laughs) But I already said how old I am, so everybody already can do the math. So I graduated from Bellsville High School in Monroe County in 1981. 1981. The Bellsville Blue Devils. The Blue Devils, okay. And so what do you remember most about your high school years? Tell me a story from, from a high school that you've told a thousand times. Oh, the, I, I, I'll be, I won't tell the bad ones. I was a good kid, <laughs> but I did get, I did get into trouble a little bit when I yeah. got to be a junior and senior because I was free once in a while because I was helping out with, with things. But um, memories, I mean, I played all the sports, um, of course, and still try to play all the sports. Um, it was diversified with my, I, my mom required me to be in the band, and it was a challenge because I was in the band playing saxophone and then also played volleyball. So every night we had stuff going on, and then we had a family farm, so I did the morning chores and my brother did the night chores. Um played softball. I played little league. My dad was a little league coach for 38 years. 
Wow. And we had to have him stop because his varicose veins was having issues because he would, we were afraid he was going to get hit by a baseball. But I played little league when girls weren't allowed. And my father would make me put my hair up and disguise my face even a little bit. Oh, wow. Um, but the, the, I was very good at, you know, because yeah. I was, girls mature quicker than boys. So I was the tallest kid on, yeah. on the field um, and was the pitcher. And they finally figured it out. So I got this band um, and <laughs> wasn't allowed to play for the last five games. And it was, it traumatized me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really. Sure. But, you know, when you're like seven, eight, nine years old, I was seven. I was seven when that happened. Mm. Um, it was one of those moments was like, well, why can't girls play with the boys? Because, yeah. you know, I had been playing with my brother since, you know, I was able to uh, crawl and walk. One of the best pitchers on my little league team was a girl. Huh. She was allowed to play. Her dad was the coach. Um, yeah. Life's yeah. changed now. But. My, my wife played boys baseball for a little while too. When she Did she young. really? Cool. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. I got hit in the head quite a bit. That might be why I have brain damage yet. So. <laughs> I think differently. I got, hit, I got hit in the head a lot. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, Marla, your favorite sports team. This is hands down easy. The yeah. Ohio State University. Go so, Bucks. Go Bucks. OH. I, I think we're going to hear that on this podcast many, 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 many times. Yeah. I, I think yeah. Commissioner Abiel also said the Bucks were his, were his go to. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm proud to be back in Ohio, so I can wear my Ohio State clothes. Because you're are you you're graduated of the Ohio. My State. undergrad is from Ohio State. My master's yeah. degree is from Auburn, and that was a fun, you know, getting to go down to the SEC and see the sports down there. They're intense. Yeah. Um, so kind of the best of both worlds for in that sports arena. Cool. All right. What else we got here? All right. So what brought you to this position here as the executive director of the Tuscarora County Economic Development Corporation? Great question. And so originally from Belmont, Monroe County, um, I've always been in this career. I kind of like usually have a three to five year stint, seven, eight maximum, and then move on to another community. And I was working out in Colorado before I came here in a rural community in the mountains. And some friends of mine in Ohio said, hey, you know, Harry's retiring. And and I knew Harry from National Association, IEDC, and State Association. And I thought, you know, that'd be awesome. And it's kind of funny. I mean, I'll be cat out of the bag. I was like, worst case scenario, I get an interview and I can go visit my family (laughs) and see them for a few days. Um, And that's what happened. So put my application in, had a Zoom interview. It was a year ago in October when I came and interviewed. And I always tell folks that I'm kind of not your normal economic developer, traditional economic developer. Try to think differently with development sites and how we do workforce differently. So it's great to be home. My mom is 90 years old and I can go see her, you know, every weekend, every other weekend, talk to her, you know, every day and not feel like I'm thousands and thousands of miles away. 
So speaking of workforce, I think you're an example of what we keep hearing, you know, everyone in economic development talk about. We're trying to get people that left Ohio to, to go out into the world and find uh, careers and, and do well. We're trying to get them back here now because we have so many investments coming into the state, you know, so it's an interesting, you're, you're an example, I think of, of someone that, that left for a little while and, and decided to come back. So left for a long while. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you back. Glad to yeah. Yeah. I was, it, I was on the search committee and, and you were my first choice. Yeah, I've had some really fun experiences from working with recruiting Hyundai, you know, mega site in middle Alabama, south of Montgomery, to startup companies in the drone space in Virginia, to the Wireless Research Center in North Carolina. Um, in Colorado, we were starting a snow equivalent research study with Colorado State that just pew, I still don't really understand it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the research scientists did, so we embraced it. Um, it's been a fun ride in this career. And in here in our county, the advanced manufacturing is going to be a fun ride. And developing that talent pipeline for our workforce is going to be a fun ride. Um, and broadband. Yeah. Um, that's the differentiator. And to me, the, the transformational economic development future, especially for Appalachian regions. Yeah, I, I don't think people realize how much is going to change over the course of the next 10 years. It's it's a unique time and you don't see it yet, I don't think, like with your own eyes, but it's very, it's just around the corner. Things are going to get very different for the better, I think. Well, in my lifetime, I've seen cell phones developed. You know, we the when, internet. When I grew up, we didn't have the internet. You know, I mean, and now we Google everything yep. um, and we DIY everything. And we watch this morning. I watched three YouTubes to figure out some stuff for broadband. And, you know, it's knowledge is power. And that knowledge is at our fingertips for everyone so, now. Quick, quick story. When I was in college one of the experiments or studies that we had to do papers, we had to write the, the professor told us that, that we had to go home on a four day weekend and we could not engage the internet at all. We could not engage the internet. That was gaming. You know, we could watch TV and whatever, but do not gate. And then he wanted us to write a paper on what that experience was. How you like. felt. Yep. And, and I actually felt a sense of relief except for the fact that I didn't have Google. That was the biggest takeaway because I'm always Googling, you know, just silly, silly, like just curious questions and not having access to that was the thing that stuck out to me the most. I Google to spell stuff. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. Just to get a definition of a word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to move on to what I like to call our current event segment. And this is just a conversation about what we've been up to lately. And there's been some really exciting things happen here at the EDC uh, recently. The first is the award that ECOBA got. Marla, you want to touch on that? 
Yeah, this was a state award, but it was under the leadership of Nick for uh, this, and he was the state association president at that time. And this is an international award with a lot of matrix to receive it. So it's a huge accomplishment for the state of Ohio for the building authorities um, because of their checks and balances and what they do. Um, to make our buildings safe, to make our buildings, you know, where we feel comfortable be walking into any of them for, for so many reasons. So big kudos to the, the state association, but it's specifically Nick, because I know he spent hours and hours working on this. Yeah, very, very impressive award. And again, just to reiterate how fortunate we are as a community mm -hmm. to have that crew here, so... And then Marla, you accepted into the Appalachia Leadership Institute, a very prestigious uh, curriculum that you're going to go through. Um, you want to speak a little on that? Yeah, just, I'm coming. I will. I'm coming off the hills of last week. Uh, our first orientation sec. There's 40 cohorts um, from all 13. There's approximately three to four from each state. There's 13 states in the Appalachian Regional Commission. And it's the program is to assist us boots on the ground with what the Appalachian Regional Commission can do for our area. But it's also to, to develop uh, statewide initiatives, not just in Ohio, but that we work with our cohorts in, in contiguous states around us that are in the Appalachian region to develop workforce, infrastructure, um, work on opioid crisis, um, healthcare concerns. Our assignment, and I want to make an assignment for the folks that are listening to this podcast and watching it, is it's 2052, the year 2052. What's this county going to look like? And I would really love for you to reach out to me because I have to put together a white paper. Now, the fun part of this project you can go on the light side, the positives, or yep. you can go on the dark side. Right. And think of all the things that you really don't want to happen. Um, but, yeah, send me your thoughts and think about it this way. Think of it with education. What's our educational system going to look like? What's our healthcare system going to look like? What's our nonprofits going to look like? What's our workforce going to look like? What's our manufacturing jobs? What's our entrepreneurs going to look like? You know, every component and section are farmers. I mean, are we going to be having farmers with Jetsons type ma machines out there harvesting the corn? Yeah, I was going to say, you know, we, it, it could look like the Jetsons. It could look like the Walking Dead or somewhere in between. Hopefully. Yeah. So I, I would also just encourage people to uh, this is a this is a, a conversation that's fun to have. Uh, I think that the community should have together. And if you want to comment on this video, whether you're seeing it on YouTube or you're seeing it on Facebook, uh, feel free to have that conversation. We'll read those comments and we'll, you know, we'll get that information that way, too. But uh, if you're not really one that likes to, to air out your thoughts for everybody to see, you can email Marla and I'll put her email up on this graphic here so that, so that you guys know where to send that to. And maybe yep. somebody will give us a topic for a future podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, this, this program is nine months. And at the end of the program, you know, 
we're the ambassadors for the Appalachian Regional Commission on Boots on the Ground here locally. So proud to be in it. Very blessed to be a part yeah, of it. Yeah, and I just want to add the the Appalachian Leadership Institute's only been going on for four or five years now, but uh, Marla is only the second person from Tuscarawas County to go through it. So really happy to have her in that. Yeah, it's a great it's a great program, and we're excited to have Marla soak it all up and bring it home. That's what I say. Well, and, and JC is in the uh, Tuscarawas County Leadership yeah. Leadership Tusk program. Yeah, yeah, that's my program this year. Next year, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow your example here. Uh, recently, John uh, become a certified economic developer at the OEDA Summit. John, uh, particularly. I'm interested in your capstone. So I know that you uh, you have some, what is it, five different courses that you have to go through and then a I capstone? Think it was, I think it was six. Six? Six plus the basic course. Um, I did all of those in uh, 2021, all the classes. And then the first half of this year, I had a capstone project that everyone has to do. And uh, basically it's putting together an economic development project in your community, because these are folks from all over Ohio going through the program. And um, my, my project focused on uh, entrepreneurship, startup businesses, uh, kind of putting together a, an entrepreneurial ecosystem for Tuscarawas County. And um, it was, I don't know, 15, 20 page paper ultimately, and then uh, did a presentation in May to uh, the evaluators and uh, they awarded me the certification. And at so the an economic, economic ecosystem, entrepreneur ecosystem. Entrepreneurial that, ecosystem. What's that look like? What's it, give me a visualization. Well, um, you know, my, my project did included a number of things like uh, co-working hub um, that we did try earlier this year, um, working with the Small Business Development Center and the Business Factory Group to uh, do some consulting and advising with small businesses and startups, trying to connect them with resources, whatever their challenges might be, uh, similar to what we do with the manufacturers around the county. And um, it, it kind of focused around the, the Talati Center because it is supposed to be a, an incubator. Um, and, and it was just kind of creating a, a, a framework um, around how can we support startup businesses and entrepreneurs from somebody who's just got an idea in the back of a napkin to a business that's been going for a few years and uh, helping to resource them, helping them to meet their challenges, to get their questions answered, um, and, and uh, helping with funding as well. So there are different ways. We have had some angel investing groups in this region in the past, um, actually, we still have two of them. Uh, there's other ways, other sources of funding beyond just going to the bank and telling them about your business plan. So, so it's it's about giving people a place to go when they have a startup idea. It's about giving them a place to go and a framework to work through, yeah, so that they can they can get where they want to go. Right. 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 Yeah. You know, the, the small businesses and startups can be at a lot of different places. I mentioned, you know, from an idea on the back of a napkin and, you know, what do they need to do at that point to getting the business registered to starting and how do you, how do you expand your business and 
find more customers and scale. Um, where do you, where do you find yeah. the the funding to uh, scale up as as you start to grow? Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of different needs at different steps along the way. And right Great. now, the Ice House program is going on. Yeah, we are offering the uh, Ice House course for the third time. It's an eight-week course to help people learn to think like an entrepreneur. It's not how to do QuickBooks and how to manage employees, but it's more of how to watch for problems that other people are having that you might be able to solve and kind of being creative about how do you solve those. And, and sometimes that can turn into a business. Sometimes it's just you get to help somebody else. Uh, but uh, the the Ice House course based around a book called Who Owns the Ice House? And it's eight life lessons from an unlikely entrepreneur uh, is, is the subtitle of the book. So it's a great book and it really does have good life lessons and we have great discussions around it. We've got five people going through the course right now um, and then myself and another co-facilitator. Yeah, I noticed that was a pretty big hit on Facebook. When, when you put that out there that you were doing this, you seem to get quite a Quite a lot of people were interested. I don't know if you were able to get them all there, but definitely we something that they were get them all. I think I think the next time we're going to do it virtually instead of in person because we did have a few people this this time that that well, there's a couple of people from Maslin and Canton that really didn't want to drive down at seven o'clock on a Tuesday night. Uh, so I'm thinking maybe we'll do a virtual version of it and uh, see if we can connect with some other people that way. Continued feedback on the internet availability around the county. So we we recently wrapped up our Connect Tusk survey. And since then, we have put a new survey up on our website because we want to continue collecting feedback from the community on internet connectivity and availability. We're currently putting together an RFP on broadband. Marla, you want to talk a little about that? Yeah, we Tuscarawas County was fortunate to be in a pilot program this summer that I know that you spoke about on the last podcast with Ohio Broadband State Department brought together the think tank smart folks that understand broadband to educate us that didn't know the acronyms in the language. Through the journey, we have been fortunate enough with our visionary leadership at the county level with our commissioners to for them to appropriate and allocate a million dollars for from the ARPA funds that would be supportive for broadband. We're in the middle right now, and I just this morning <laughs> was working on we're starting with an RFI. It's a request for information that will lead to an RFP. Um, the RFI will just help us vet the process and make sure that we reach the people that un, that are underserved and unserved in the county. From our survey that everyone did, we have found that it's mainly the four corners of yep. the county and then some of the apple in the little bit of the hilly areas in between. So that'll be our target market. RFI will go out hopefully next week and then deployment for the RFP. I'm thinking if we're optimistic and we get everything back, we should be able first January to get something going in in our rural area where there is no broadband. To me, broadband is that transformational change that every house, every farmer, every small business and large business should have those services at their fingertips. And it's to have it affordable at the right speeds that they can, can communicate with the outside world. 
Yeah, to echo what you're saying as well, the broadband Ohio accelerator resulted in a in a in a pretty thorough presentation that we put together. And I would just encourage any economic development organizations or any organizations in general that may want to have us come and present that, you know, let us know and, and, and schedule us and, and we'll come and tell you what the plans are and what they look like and and uh, how you can be a part of it and all that good stuff. So. And we'll try not to geek you out with all the crazy language and broadband space because it is like a, a industry of its own with all yeah. the different types of technology. And that's the great part of broadband, the evolution of technology. Every day it's changing. Yeah. Um, and every day the FCC is changing the speeds so that 2052, you know, who knows what it's going to look like when yeah. we get to that. I'll be 89 years old, so I'll be in the nursing home on my Internet doing all kinds of cool stuff. So, um, yeah, and that's the point of, of really staying on top of this feedback. To Mar- exactly. What Marla's saying is, you know, we could lay technology now. In 10 years, that technology could be totally different and things could be changed. And so it's important for us to have a a place that the community can tell us, you know, about their connectivity, their accessibility to what technology they have access to and they don't have access to or would like to have access to and so on and so forth. And so we just encourage you to continue to provide us that feedback on, on what the county looks like as far as internet connectivity. And yeah. we are really thankful that in our Connect Us survey uh, earlier this year, we had almost 800 people from around the county respond. Plus we had 10 or 12 people that don't even have any internet or cell service at their house call us and say, hey, we really need cell we really need service in our, in our area. So we want to expand that to to everybody in the county that wants it um, and make it affordable and make it fast enough that they can do their job, that they can do their schoolwork, that they can do their telehealth meetings um, and, and run their business and run their farms. Because even farm equipment is internet connected these days. So it's very important for, you know, Every business and and every home. Yep. Yeah, the million million dollars to me is like the start of, it's the seed, it's the the beginning of helping us get additional funds um, from the state and also from the federal government, specifically the Appalachian Regional Commission, um, because a million is not going to go very far. Um, for yeah. this, but it's it's going to help us leverage to get additional funds so we can truly get broadband services in the whole county. Yeah, that was one of the questions I got in New Commerce Town this weekend. A million dollars is not going to go very far. What are you, what are your plans uh, how to use that and deploy that? And and it's a great it's a great point. It's a good you know a, a good question. So yeah, is one trend that I've seen. Uh, in the little bit of time that I've been in this um, is you spark, you spark from inside and and then the outside sort of, sort of takes notice of the effort from within. And, and that's how economic development happens. It seems to be a trend at least that I've, that I've tracked. So JC, I call it spark plugs. It takes that one person that's a spark plug 
and they can ignite a initiative and create all kinds of jobs and capital investment and be an entrepreneur like John was talking about earlier. It's that one spark plug person. And, you know, it doesn't have to be like a dozen people. It can just be that one person that can can change everything. That's it. All right. And that, that's it. Uh, as far as the podcast is concerned, we've covered all our bases here, except for the, the final uh, thing here. I'm just going to encourage you all to uh, email us an employee that you'd like to spotlight. We have a Friday Faces campaign that we want to do. So if you have uh, an employee that goes above and beyond the call of duty, we're going to encourage you to nominate them for the Friday Faces campaign. Uh, this will go out on Facebook. And uh, yeah, to do that, you just email marketing at tuskedc.com. So that's it. We appreciate y'all watching the Valley Podcast. Till next time. So, Signing off. <laughs>